0: There's a Star Wars series on Disney Plus called Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's set in the years after the Empire defeated the Jedi. The fight is done. We lost. In the show, Darth Vader sends out these guys called Inquisitors to scour the galaxy to find the last surviving Jedi.
1: The King. Hunting
0: Jedi. This patience. Now, casting aside any judgments about who is and who isn't on the dark side, the metaphor does capture the feeling of many in the British Labour Party right now. Five years of vicious factional war. Jeremy Corbyn is out. His rival from the right flank, Keir Starmer, is in. The Labour left is weakened and scattered to a few small
2: pockets of Britain. Since taking office, Keir Starmer has made it his mission to crush the Corbynite wing of the Labour Party.
0: Alex Nuns
2: was a speechwriter for Jeremy Corbyn. He has hounded out the left. He's shut down democracy, where it's threatened his control. He has purged left-wingers. Basically, it wants to wipe any trace of the left from the Labour Party, and they're bulldozing their way through that mission as we speak.
0: This is Al Jazeera Investigates. I'm Kevin Hurton. Welcome to The Labor Files, an unprecedented leak of secret party documents uncovered by Al Jazeera's Investigative Unit. Episode 4, The Purge. The weapon by which the party purges its members is the disciplinary process and the labor files give us great insight into how that process has been further weaponized during the Starmer era. In this episode, we'll look at some cases where the party uses information that is illegally, or at the very least, improperly obtained to target former Corbyn supporters, who many times turn out to be women or ethnic minorities or both. the London borough of Newham. This is the new face of the East End, an eclectic mix of Pakistani, Bangladeshi, and African Caribbean. It's a labor stronghold and one of the most ethnically diverse areas in all of Britain. Yet, until recently, the old guard was still in charge. All the Labour Party leaders was from the
1: white members of the community. We wanted to have a change. We wanted to have a presentation of the local
0: community. That's Mahmood Mirza. He's a leader in the local Pakistani community. In 2015, inspired by the outsider candidacy of Jeremy Corbyn, he and hundreds of others decided to join the local Labour Party. They were not welcomed with open arms.
3: Pre-2016, the Labour Party was quite small in Newham, and meetings were even smaller. So people had positions. I think it became, for many of them, like a social club.
0: That's Carol Buxton, a local constituency party chair.
3: Suddenly, all these people are thinking, oh, I'm going to join the Labour Party. And they felt threatened by that.
0: The social club, as Carol calls it, wanted these people gone. In 2017, a regional organizer called Carl Morris sent a formal complaint to Labor HQ, which at the time was controlled by anti-Corbyn members of the labor right. He attaches surveillance photos of a group of Pakistani men gathered outside the annual general meeting. This email, revealed exclusively in the labor files, says a lot about Morris's state of mind.
4: The events on Thursday validate earlier information about a coordinated attempt to infiltrate in Newham by Pakistani community. It's shocking
3: to use the word infiltrate.
0: Carol Buxton.
3: It's othering. It's putting people outside of the mainstream. Why shouldn't people queue up for an AGM of the Labour Party? It's not infiltration. It's very symptomatic that somebody who's working full-time for the Labour Party would see people who wanted to join as infiltrators. I think that's quite disgraceful and says a huge amount about their level of consciousness around race.
0: When one of the photographed men is suspended, members of the Muslim community decide to co-sign a letter to the mayor of the borough in protest.
4: We wish to express our dissatisfaction, anger and disappointment at the treatment of a leading figure in
0: the Muslim community. The mayor then forwards the letter to the head of Labour Party Governance and Legal, John Stalliday. Stoliday expresses his deepest sympathies to the mayor. Thanks for sending this through, and I'm sorry you've been subject of such horrible lies and smears. Here's Halima Khan a former Labour Party investigator in the Governance and Legal Unit.
1: Instead of questioning the mayor at that time in regards to why the members were claiming racial discrimination, he decided to agree with the mayor and say that these accusations are libelous and decided to take action against the individuals that had raised the
0: complaints. Over the next three years, there were more suspensions and more complaints. And the labor files show they often fell on deaf ears.
5: We are writing to you to complain about the lack of response. We request that you take urgent action to tackle what we believe is a culture of Islamophobia within the party. We believe you have contrived
4: and manipulated the party processes.
0: Flash forward to the Keir Starmer era. And it's clear those complaints actually underestimated what was to come, namely the elimination of local democracy in this part of London. We know from the Labour files that in February 2021, a local member sent a 100-page secret dossier to the party general secretary, David Evans. He's the highest-ranking non-elected person in the party.
5: I enclose a report in appendices which set out systematic breaches of Labour Party rules and possibly electoral law by a small group of party members in East Ham and West Ham CLPs as they seek to have control of the two constituencies that make up the London Borough of Newham.
0: Things move quickly after the dossier is sent. A few weeks later, Mahmoud Mirza, one of the men featured in those surveillance photos, is suspended from the party mere hours before he's said to be nominated as a local councillor.
1: They're suspended, I suspect, because they wanted to control the selection process uh, within the local uh, Labour Party.
3: And if he hadn't have been suspended, he would have won overwhelmingly. So it's dirty tricks, suspend him at five o'clock when there's no one left in the office, and then you get your own way.
0: A month later, In March 2021, the party pulls the nuclear option. Both constituency labor parties in Newham are suspended. Local democracy is on hold. Meanwhile, the general secretary, David Evans, the highest-ranking bureaucrat in the party, is getting regular updates, new amendments to the secret dossier. Only a rigorous process of
5: this sort will clean up the membership of both CLPs in Newham.
0: One member profiled in the dossier is Mahmoud Mirza. This is his first time seeing his section. That's quite a
5: Mahmoud Mirza is a member of the party at an address in West Ham CLP. One of his children attends the and the other a local primary school. His car has been seen parked on several occasions near
1: it looks like somebody is constantly monitoring me, what I've been doing all day, where I'm going and where my car is parked and where my children is going, where I'm living and where I'm spending more time. And They shouldn't have that information, especially towards my children, where they're going to school. Carol Buxton.
3: The fact that Mahmood's family feature in that report is extraordinarily worrying. And he will be singled out, because he was one of the best activists. For
1: that, he became the whipping boy.
0: Here's Halima Khan again.
1: When I first read the dossier initially, I was quite terrified actually for the members. It was horrific to see the level of detail that was included in such a dossier.
0: The dossier recommends suspending the CLP for three reasons, complaints of anti-Semitism a substantial increase in membership, and electoral fraud, which Carol Buxton says is absurd.
3: The police had looked at the matter and said there was no case to answer and
1: no evidence.
0: In fact, if you're looking for improper activity, look no further than the dossier itself.
1: It felt absurd that the party had taken such a strong action based on this dossier, which I felt was
0: potentially criminal. The party may have a lot to answer for in regard to this dossier, starting with who had access to the information in the first place?
2: The person writing this appears to have done that in a personal capacity as opposed to an official capacity. Now, that brings questions as to how somebody in a personal capacity would have had the data to begin with. Hansa Cervanka is a lawyer who specializes in data
0: protection litigation.
2: The law requires companies and any other organizations that handle personal data to be transparent, to only hold data that is necessary for the purpose that they are holding it for. And so certainly the more senior members of the party find out about a data breach within the party, I think the higher the obligation to report this breach, to act very quickly in making sure that the proper procedures are followed. There is a team
1: behind it. It's not just one individual. It's a team behind it who have got access to
0: a lot of people a lot of resources and a lot of data. The people in power, both locally and at Party HQ, appear to have decided they would rather have no democracy than one they couldn't control.
3: Basically is saying that all these outsiders joined our party and look where they're from you know they're not white british they're not white east enders well the white east enders have left the east end in their droves quite a long time ago
0: now more than 18 months later the local parties in newham remain suspended in episode 1 we told you about the clp in wallasey near liverpool that was shut down But what happened in Newham and Wallasey is happening in Labour localities across Britain. Alex Nunns, a former Corbyn speechwriter, says it's a feature, not
2: a bug. That's the kind of Labour Party that they envisage. That's the direction they're trying to take it in. That doesn't really make any sense if your objective is to win an election, but it makes perfect sense if your primary motivation is attacking and delegitimizing and hounding out the left wing of your own party.
0: In practice, this often winds up deprioritizing the needs of minority voters in favor of what they call the mythical red wall voter. Remember, the Labor Party's colors are red. The red wall refers to the historic labor heartland, industrial areas in the Midlands and in the North.
2: Keir Starmer and the Labour leadership are using a caricature version of a Red Wall working-class voter in order to push through the things they want to do anyway and explain it to the public by saying, well, you know, we need to win these particular seats back in the north of England. And the idea seems to be promoted by the Labour leadership that Red Wall voters are kind of reactionary on social issues, that they're patriotic, Union Jack-loving, slightly kind of, possibly a bit racist people.
0: You see this from the Democrats in America, too bending over backwards to appeal to white working-class voters, you know, the ones who the New York Times is always talking to in diners in Ohio or Michigan. It's fine to want to broaden the coalition, but in Labour's case, it often happens at the expense of ethnic minorities who are already in the party. Diane Abbott is Britain's first-ever Black woman MP.
4: Without the votes of black people and without the votes of committed anti-racists, there are so many seats in London and other big cities that Labour simply could not win. But it is almost as if Labour takes the support of people of colour for granted.
0: Halima Khan.
1: I think this myth that the Labour Party is holding on to about the Red Wall voters is a guise for their own racism and their own internal biases that they have with people of color.
0: The Labour files have shown indications of racism towards minority communities. In areas with higher concentrations of Muslims, local constituency parties have been subject to levels of scrutiny not seen anywhere else in the country. And you saw that in Newham. Here's James Schneider, the former head of communications for Jeremy Corbyn.
5: The thing that's most correlated with local parties being suspended is having a large Muslim population in the local area. You just see it in area after area after area. No one cares. You have elected members of the Labour Party to various positions who have said and done things which are clearly race-baiting. Specifically, you know, mainly targeted
0: uh, at Muslims and the racialization of Muslims, but not only. The sad fact of the matter is the Labour Party is not a welcoming place for people of color. Those aren't my words. They are from the Ford Report published in July of 2022. Martin Ford is a senior barrister who was asked to investigate after a series of racist and sexist WhatsApp messages from senior party officials leaked in 2020 former Corbyn speechwriter, Alex Nunns.
2: It's not a historical problem. When Keir Starmer's been asked about this, he said, well, this is all under Jeremy Corbyn. This is all from the past, the time that's gone now. That's not, that's a mischaracterization of what the Ford report says. The Ford report says this is something which is persistent to this day.
0: Many of the themes of the post-Corbyn era regarding race, gender, and hostility towards the left come crashing together in the story of Anna Rothery.
4: I love the city of Liverpool.
0: Rothery grew up in Liverpool and was steeped in the labor movement from a young age.
4: I used to tag along with mom, butter the bread for the miners and the dockers, to feed the marchers after marching from Liverpool to London.
0: A natural politician, Rothery got elected to the city council in 2006 and in 2019 rose to the rank of Lord Mayor, which is a mostly ceremonial position. So when the
2: elected mayor is arrested in 2020... Significant investigation by the police looking into these claims of uh, witness intimidation and also of
0: bribery. Rothery is a top candidate to replace him.
4: I was very surprised in terms of the way people rallied around to support me.
0: At first, the process is gliding along. Following a successful interview with a panel of party representatives, she is placed on the ballot with two other candidates. It will be up to the local Labour members to vote for the next mayor. But then...
4: The next thing I got, um, an email saying, we're going to have to hold off in terms of the elections. The panel want to invite the three candidates back to another interview. Something was off, and she knew it. I think I knew within the first couple of seconds that there was something not quite right about it, because the demeanor had changed in terms of the panel. Suddenly, the party is telling her she can't run for mayor. I just felt completely deflated and undermined. And so we decided that we would ask them to halt the process in terms of the the vote, et cetera, and to give them time to put a case forward as to why I couldn't stand.
0: So what's the deal? What changed? Well, the labor files tell the complete story. What Anna didn't realize is that the party was actively plotting her downfall. And it all ties back to that pivotal moment when Jeremy Corbyn is suspended from the party in 2020. Anna tweeted that she'd like to see the whip restored to him, which is British political speak for reinstating him. A local party official sees the tweet and forwards it to a senior party official. One of our Liverpool candidates. Not ideal. That was all it took. And now the knives are out for her. Here's what happens next. Someone, and we don't know who, asks a former Liverpool councillor called Alan Dean to write a letter to the general secretary flagging any concerns about Anna Rothery. It's part of the Labour files, and Anna is seeing it for the first time.
4: Dear David, I've been asked to contact you in relation to Councillor Anna Rothery and her on suitability to stand as Labour's candidate for the position of elected mayor of Liverpool. She has a Jekyll and Hyde character, someone who can be quite rational and then in seconds turns into a scream and banshee such a horrible comment to make about a woman. You know, a screaming banshee. It's a vile comment to make.
0: The letter is deeply personal, commenting on her
4: family. I don't even want to repeat that. It's just so untrue. It just tells me that he's such a vicious individual to bring people's children into something. This is really dirty business, this...
0: It also dredges up an incident from 2011, a confrontation between Anna and a fellow counselor called Nick Small. According to a local media report, Rothery had allegedly poked Small on the back of the head. She says the report was wildly misleading.
4: When the counselor, which was Nick Small, came to my table, I knew it was going to be nothing but trouble because Dale was being trouble. And I'd got to the point where I just avoided him. And so he gradually worked his way around and he said, um, you know, you only got that position because you're black. And I just ignored him. The incident made it into the press and the party launched an internal investigation. I don't know what investigation he did, um, but I know what the outcome was, was that Nick Small apologized to me.
0: What's wild is this letter, this character assassination of Anna Rothery, is what informs that second meeting she had with the panel. You know, the one where she could tell there had been this huge vibe shift.
4: It became increasingly obvious that the focus was on this 2011 incident. They felt that Nick Smold made a uh, complaint against me, whereas when I said that I'd made it against him, they kind of like looked a bit deflated, to say the least.
0: After that second meeting, Anna Rothery seeks a court injunction. She wants to know why the party is barring her from running for mayor. Her lawyers demand to see the evidence against her, but are never given the letter, which casts doubt on her suitability as a candidate. Anna goes on to lose the case and is ordered to pay $90,000 to cover the party's legal costs, a crippling penalty
4: for a lifetime public servant. It's an impossible sum you know, for a single woman to even contemplate paying. I just felt as though I'd had the air just knocked out of me. I think I was in a state of shock. Smash
0: cut to Labour Party headquarters, where Alex Barrows-Curtis, the Director of Legal Affairs, is getting plaudits from General Secretary David Evans.
5: Alex, thoroughly well done. Please pass on our thanks to the team. Your contract has been agreed. We will not be including a win bonus. Best, David.
0: Keir Starmer must surely be very troubled by what the Labour files are indicating. Conservative columnist Peter Oborn. Keir Starmer has to confront what happened, demand to know
5: what happened. Is he happy when it came to the Lord Mayor of Liverpool? A huge question mark over his ability, whether it's
0: proper to entrust him with the highest elected position in the land, Prime Minister, So I think he has to deal with this. As for Anna Rothery, well, another one bites the dust. A lifelong labor politician told in no uncertain
4: terms, you are not welcome. When somebody asked me, well, you know, why did you leave the Labor Party? I said, well, I didn't. The Labor Party left me. And thousands of people feel exactly the same way. We didn't leave the party. The party left us. It left us politically homeless. Same
0: story with Mahmoud and Newham and many, many others. The labor files are full of examples like this. I mean, the numbers tell the story. Labor lost 91,000 members in 2021. Keir Starmer's Labor Party is shrinking itself on purpose. Former Corbyn speechwriter Alex Nunz has a theory as to why.
2: I think the overriding objective of the labor rights at the moment, and I'm including in that the leadership of Keir Starmer and his advisors and so on, is to make sure that 2015, that the election of Jeremy Corbyn can never happen again and nothing like it can never happen again.
0: Look, who they allow into the party is a political decision, and they are free to make it. But the tactics we've seen, the retreat from local democracy, the secret dossier, all those things that go right up to, or in some cases, over the line, They say a lot about the character of the people who are asking for the public's trust. The Labour Party declined to comment on any of the individual cases featured in this podcast. It did, however, deny the criticisms made of it by members and observers, which were offensive, unconvincing, and unrealistic. The party was a rules-based organization that followed its own rules. The party also told us it had been under no obligation to disclose the Dean letter to Anna Rothery's lawyers or to the court as these were not relevant to the judge's reasoning. Nick Small stands by his original account of the events relating to Anna Rothery and says that he was told by the party that she had apologized for her behavior. Last word goes to the man who started us off in episode one with whom I shared a ferry across the Mersey, Mr. Paul Davies.
5: That's what I find very, very worrying and indeed, in a way, scary. These people could run the country and they could run it in the same way they've run the Labour Party and everyone should be worried about that. If they're prepared to stoop to this level over little old Paul Davis in Wallasey, what will they do when they have control of MI5, when they have control of all the levers of the state? Are they suddenly going to believe in justice, in proper investigations, in fairness, are they going to be the same as they are now or even worse?
0: Thank you for listening to the Labour Files. This episode was produced by me, Kevin Hurton, with help from Toral Dixit, Lydia Morish, and Alex Howlett. Peter Charlie is the executive producer. Craig Pennington is our sound designer. Clean Cuts does the final sound mix. Ney Alvarez is our head of audio. And Phil Reese is Al Jazeera's director of investigative journalism. We will see you next time.